For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. I just got 80 cents off a gallon on my gas with my Safeway discount. I just got my glasses adjusted, feeling good, looking good, seeing good. I had to get my glasses adjusted because, I don't know, like the, one of the nose pads was like digging into my nose too much. It was painful. Do you know anyone? Well, I mean, I could have tried to adjust it myself, but I, I'm afraid I'd make it worse. But any optometrist will adjust your glasses, I've learned. You can just walk in anywhere and be like, hey, will you, can you adjust these? And they'll do it. Which is kind of nice. My glasses got messed up because I stupidly left them on the bed. And then my wife rolled over on them. Because uh, when, <laughs> when my wife and I fuck, we break shit. Mostly each other's spirit, but... We were actually in Vegas at the time. My wife rolled over on them. They were like really bent. And I was like, oh, great. So I had to like take it to uh, someone in Vegas. And they, uh, you know, they straightened them out. So they worked again. But then the nose pad thing. I don't do well. I should end that sentence there. I don't do well. I don't do well with anything adjustable. I don't think I have OCD. But when I do say OCD, I have to say it three times. OCD, OCD, OCD. No, I don't. I, I don't think I have OCD. But anything, like, uh, I get a little compulsive, a little... Anything adjustable. Anything with too many options. For example, uh, the place I park my car at the airport. You know, I just leave the car there, give them the keys. Then when I come back, it's, like, pulled out front. And they will adjust my seat which low-key kind of annoys me because I'm like, you're driving 600 feet. Do you really have to adjust the mirrors and move the seat around? Sometimes the radio's on. I mean, if you were going to take a car for a joyride, I don't think it would be a Kia Rio, but I'm like, well, yeah, I got to move this car. I better hear 48 seconds of a song and make sure the mirrors work. Like, I don't know why they do that. But anyway, I'll get in the car. It'll be too close. It'll be too high. And then I'm like, ah, shit. Because I realize it's going to be a week of, like, me adjusting the seat. Like, ah, I think it should be farther away. I think it should be closer. I think it should be higher. We have a craft Not Is it a craftmatic? I think it is. It's a, we have a sleep number. Not a craftmatic. We have a sleep number bed. Which sounds great. Actually, each side has its own sleep number. Mine's six, hers nine. Hey, folks! It's not true at all. 
Uh, I don't know what my sleep number is because I stopped thinking about it. It's the only way I could live anymore. Because when it's like one to a hundred, what do you like? I'm like, maybe a little firmer, maybe a little softer, maybe a little, I was driving myself crazy. I don't know what my optimum sleep number is. I don't know what my optimum mattress firmness is. can't handle the options. Maybe that's why I've been with one woman since I was 19. So anyway, once my once your glasses get unadjusted and then adjusted or you get new ones, you're like, maybe nah, maybe they're sliding down a little too much. Maybe they're a little too firm in the ear. Maybe they're, you know. So give me 2 days and I'll stop thinking about it. But right now I'm like thinking about it too much. I was uh, I was going to take a week off from podcasting. By the way, I don't know what's going on, but there's been an uptick in the Drive Home with Gabriel Rutledge downloads. Uh, I don't know the reason. It's certainly not content. But I guess that's fun. Anyway, I was going to take a week off. I could have recorded one with my wife on the way home from the airport. I was tired. I didn't want to. Uh, And then I'm like, I guess I'll just take a week off. And then today, uh, as luck would have it, I have to drive to Puyallup, Washington, which is about 35, 40 minutes from my palatial estate in Olympia, Washington. Uh, So I'm like, all right, maybe I'll sneak one in. The reason I have to drive to Puyallup, Washington is uh, to get drugs. Legal drugs. But it's still the same thing. When your local dealer's out, you gotta travel farther to get the good shit. Uh, my daughter has, uh, my youngest daughter has ADHD. She doesn't have OCD, 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 but she does have ADHD, and uh, she takes medicine for it, which is a little controversial, people. A lot of people think we're over-medicating our children, Uh, and maybe that's true, but when she takes the medicine, she does a lot better, so we do it, but here's the thing, uh... There's a lot of fentanyl in this country, but there is not a lot of Ritalin or Ritalin substitutes, the ADHD medication. There's like a shortage of it. I have no idea why. And so they ran out in the Olympia Pharmacy, so I have to go to the Kaiser Permanente in Puyallup, Washington to pick up some drugs. Maybe I'll see if they want to adjust my glasses while I'm there, just for fun. Do you ever, uh, I don't know if you wear glasses or contacts, uh, but I don't, you ever have the thought that, like, if, if, you know, caveman times or whatever, before glasses, BG, 
life before glasses. Did God have glasses? I don't think he did. It's kind of a funny image, like Jesus on the cross wearing some bifocals. But before glasses existed, like, uh, I mean, I, you know, caveman times, I'd be dead. I would, or I would rely on, hey, will someone else go hunt for food and put it in front of my blurry face so I can eat? Because I can't do a lot. I would be fucked. I am not considered visually impaired because you can correct the vision. But if there was no such thing as vision correction, I would be handicapped. I would be in deep shit. Actually, I would walk right into the shit and be like, ow, I'm in deep shit. I couldn't see that that was shit. I thought it was pudding. I don't know what scenario I'm a caveman and pudding also exists. But I'm going to guess pudding was invented before corrective lenses. That's probably why corrective lenses were invented. Because someone made the chocolate pudding shit mistake one too many times and thought there's got to be a better way. On Shark Tank, they always say the best products or inventions, the, the best products solve a problem. So glasses would certainly do that. So sharks, who's ready to stop eating shit and start putting some money in the bank? Glasses. That's my favorite part of every Shark Tank pitch, is when they, whatever their product is, they work it into, like, the final thing. Like, if it's ice cream, they're like, who's ready to, st who's ready to start scooping up profits? That's actually, that's kind of a funny sketch idea, is a Shark Tank episode for some of the biggest discoveries and inventions in the history of the world. Like a prehistoric shark tank where someone invents fire but none of the sharks want to invest in it. So sharks, who's ready to fire up the profits? And then the sharks are like, mm, I see too many liability issues with this fire. I think people are just fine with animal skins to stay warm. I'm out. Or like the wheel. The person who invented the wheel. Who's ready to start rolling to the bank. And then the sharks are like, I don't... Mm, I don't think people want to move that fast. I'm out. My wife, her vision is better than mine. But like, you know, she has hearing aids. Like all those, we really take a lot of things for granted uh, that are really straight up miracles of science and technology. 
about to get some new hearing aids because uh, we have better insurance now. Not good enough to get the drugs where we live, apparently, but we have better insurance now so she can get higher quality hearing aids. She's going to get Bluetooth hearing aids that work with her phone calls. That's like Star Trek shit. I always say Star Trek, but it's actually Star Trek. Sorry, dorks. I was at the uh, world-famous comedy cellar in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, where I have a residency. I don't really, but I like to pretend I do. It's, uh, it's about once a month for the rest of the year. Actually, I'm not doing it in August, but I'm doing it twice in September, so that makes it once a month for the rest of the year. And then I have like three weeks at, a, at different places in Las Vegas also. I don't know if this uh, Vegas-heavy schedule will continue the rest of my life, but it's been pretty, uh, pretty nice. Sure, I'll get sick of it. I mean, I, I've been to the Comedy Cellar three times, and I can't believe it's only been three times. Because usually you go to a club like once a year, you know what I mean? I go to Wichita, Kansas once a year. So since I've been to the Comedy Cellar in Vegas three times this year, in a weird way, it feels like I've been there three years. But it's a fun gig. Pays pretty good. Brought 60 shirts, sold them all. Pays well enough, I brought my wife for three, four days. That was a good time. Except for the rolling over on my glasses part. It was a good time. By the way, I got it. The person who books the Comedy Cellar sent me an email and was like, hope you're liking working for us in Vegas. Do you have any more available weeks? And I was like, holy shit. More? I don't. And then I was like, next year? And then, you know, she's like, when we get there. Also, there's a little, uh, the Rio where the Comedy Cellar is, it got sold uh, a while ago, but the new people take over. So there's a little, no one exactly knows exactly for sure what's going to happen. I mean, I think the Comedy Cellar will stay there. It would be kind of crazy to think of it not staying there because it does very well. Uh, but, you know, what if they remodel and the Comedy Cellar has to be closed down for a while? Or what if they don't renew the contract and then maybe the seller would go somewhere else, but that would take a while and, you know, it's not for sure. I had a comedy career before the Comedy Cellar. So I can go back to having one after, but I have to admit it's been so nice that I'm a little, I'd be a little bummed if uh, the gravy train stopped. Uh, because she already said, like, I mean, I, I actually said I'd like to do once a month next year. I think she would do more. But uh, I don't really want to do that. Once a month is like plenty. 
But anyway, Christy came and it was, uh, that was fun. It's kind of funny because it's her, I mean, I don't work that hard, but I am working. She's on vacation. It's kind of funny, like two in the morning, she'd be like, let's go back down and have some more drinks. And I'd be like, I, no, I can't. <laughs> I got to work tomorrow. Sure, not till 7 p.m., but still. I mean, I had plenty of drinks, but... It's a, a weird weekend in Vegas. It was because, uh, for some reason, there's like a moth and cricket grasshopper infestation. Moths were just like flying all over Vegas. They're in the hotel room. They're flying around. You could see them on stage flying around sometimes. Uh, and then also... I don't know, crickets or grasshoppers just chirping away. It's kind of funny to walk out of a comedy club and then hear, like, crickets chirping. Because they'd just be, like... You couldn't really see them very often. I saw a couple dead ones, but, like, you know, they'd be behind a Pepsi machine or whatever, just everywhere, in the hallways, in the casino, everywhere. I guess a couple of years ago, there was a huge, like, grasshopper cricket infestation. And it was, like, just thousands of, thousands of them flying around, uh every lit up area in Vegas, which is, you know, the whole city. Oh, it's good to be here in Vegas the week of the moth infestation, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Lord. As soon as I got to the airport, there's like, by the way, a lot of moths and crickets out there. Have a good time. <laughs> Don't let the plague stop you from gambling. Get on out it's weird how that shit happens. Like, uh, even where I live, I remember a couple, a, a year or two that was like a ladybug infestation. Like everywhere just had like hundreds of, if not thousands of ladybugs. You just see like, I remember coming home and seeing the, the outside of my house was just covered in like hundreds and hundreds of ladybugs. Inside people's houses, there'd be hundreds and hundreds of ladybugs. I mean, it's cute when there's one of them. But hundreds is a nightmare. It's like children. Yeah, it's fun to look at one baby, but a hundred babies, you got a nightmare on your hands. Also, they had a smell. A pack of ladybugs. <laughs> a pack of ladybugs had a smell to it that was, like, not pleasant. Also, I remember when I was a kid, there was a... a caterpillar infestation which obviously becomes butterflies or moths or whatever but just like every tree had this like sack in it that looked like Spider-Man put it there uh, and it was just filled with like I guess a, a, a caterpillar nest thousands of every tree had them for like one summer when I was a kid I remember walking down to the, a lake across the street from my house like through the woods part and you would just hear caterpillars dropping from trees like it was the sound of rain just like on your clothes in your hair and then like the next year nothing
one fun thing about working the Comedy Cellar is, uh, you know, I get to meet or see a bunch of comedians every week that I'm there. Much more, you know, because they have like five comics on the show. But it is funny because every once in a while I'll get in a conversation where I'm like, oh, you guys are in a different point in your career than I am. You have a different career than I do. You know, the reason I want to work the Comedy Cellar a lot is that amount of money is a really good week for me. And I think a lot of the people that work the Comedy Cellar, uh, not that it's bad money, but I think they can make that on their own other places. Depending. Sometimes, there's a couple, there's Vegas local comedians that do it too. And But it is funny, I won't say a name, but I was having a conversation with someone who, uh, has a pretty good career. And they were like, where would you say uh, you can sell the most tickets? And I was like, well, probably, you know, the Northwest where I live. I mean, I I do a theater show and where I live in Olympia, Washington every year. And he's like, oh, how many, how many tickets do you sell there? And I was like, about 600. And then I sort of, I, as I said it, I'm like, this dude can sell 600 tickets uh, probably anywhere in North America. Well, maybe not Mexico. So to me, I'm like, yeah, I can sell 600 tickets in Olympia, Washington, and that's a really good payday for me. And he's probably like doing weekends at clubs where he's bringing in, you know, eight hundred to a thousand people over the course of the weekend to see him but I'm like oh okay my hometown is here everywhere alright and it's also funny to be in conversations because they don't know you, you know you'll have a conversation with people and they're like oh man you should you ever work the DC Improv that club's amazing you gotta work there and I'm like they wouldn't book me. <laughs> I don't say that. Depends if I know them. But I'm like, they're not... DC Improv isn't going to book me. I'm not big enough to do that. Sure, I'm funny enough, but that's... Comedians know more than anyone. That's not how this shit works. I should work the DC Improv. Let me call my manager. Oh, that's right. I don't have one. I'll just call my wife who's up in the hotel room napping. But anyway, things are going well there. They seem to like me. to close out a bunch of the shows, which isn't, you know, it's the same amount of money, and I think I've done every spot one to five at this point, but, uh, you know, there's a little extra, oh, I'm closing out, I better better, better, uh, better bring the heat, you know? It's not always easy. You're following very, very funny people, and uh, especially the, the, the second show, the 9.30 show, by the time you're the last person on stage, they're, you know, they've been day drinking since 10 a.m., So, uh, it's not always easy to keep their attention.
the house host, the house MC for those Comedy Cellar Vegas shows is this guy, uh, Mark Cohen, who has been in a bunch of TV and movies too, but uh, perhaps most famously was The Mattress King on a very uh, well-known episode of Friends. It was The Mattress King. That made my wife excited anyway, because she likes Friends. Uh, but he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's in a movie I really love by Henry Phillips called Punching the Clown. Uh, Mark is. But anyway, lots of stuff. But he's very... He's hilarious. And, like, corny in a beautiful way. And, like, constant... Constant ball-busting backstage. That... By the end of the week, everyone is acting like him. Just making little, like, cutting comments to each other, but, like, in a fun way, you know? I don't, no one takes it personally when he does it, but just, like, you know. If you, even if you're having a good set, like, afterwards, he'll be like, I let you early because you were dying up there. You know, it just, he fucks around. It's, it's fun. Uh, but like one of the challenges of doing I was doing 17 minute sets we all were it, one of the challenges is like closing because you're like when you get that two minute light it's like I'm always in the middle of a bit where I'm like how do I get out of this how do I close on this so I was a lot of the shows I did this because it's fairly quick I did this uh, bit where I told the audience my wife and I safe word uh, our safe word is actually uh Shit, did you just roll over my glasses? That's our new one. But it usually ends with a decent pop, but I'm sort of like manufacturing. It's supposed to come after other jokes, but I'm sort of manufacturing this ending. So I was just asking the crowd, like, what's your guys' safe word? To like do like a quick... Hopefully they say something funny, I say something funny to them. So I've been asking the crowd, what's your safe... You know, people yell out shit, whatever, pineapple and... But one of the shows... Oh, I've been randomly laughing about this for three days. One of the shows, when I asked that Mark, who was waiting to come up on stage to introduce the next actor, say goodnight. Mark, when I said, someone tell me you're safe word, Mark yelled out, Alan Alda. <laughs> I didn't know it was him till later. He yelled out, Alan Alda, who is, you know, an actor most famous for being on the show MASH. Uh, <laughs> what a fucking weirdo. I guess he trusted me enough that he knew I would make it funny if he yelled out Alan, <laughs> Alan Alda. But, oh, I've just been dying uh, randomly thinking about Mark yelling out Alan Alda at me. All right, you tell me yours first. What's your second word? <laughs> I have a little Alan 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 Roll time. Roll That's a different kind of sex, sir. Uh, I mean, I'm still down, but thanks for letting me know. Alan Alda? You know what? Good fucking safe word. Even if you hadn't gone over safe words, if you were having sex and someone was like, Alan Alda, I'd be like, I'll back off. <laughs> <laughs> was 
by mashing you? <laughs> Thank you, member number 40. Thank you so much for that. My wife and I went to a strip club in Vegas. Uh, she'd never been. I'm not that I'm a connoisseur of strip clubs. I've been to three or four in my life. Weird places usually too. Well, Portland, Oregon wasn't that weird. That was one of them. And then uh, Minot, North Dakota, I went to a strip club. And oddly, two separate occasions, Billings, Montana. The sky ain't the only thing big out there in Montana. Uh, but my wife had never been. She wanted to go. So what am I, an asshole? Of course I don't want to go to a strip club with my wife. Uh, where'd we go? We went to Pal Palomino. Just a little ways away, but I learned it was the it's the only fully nude strip club in Las Vegas. Uh, the other clubs are just topless with, I assume, G-strings on the bottom and stuff. But still, if you're going to go to the strip club for your first time, you should go to a fully nude one. And that's what I said to anyone who would listen. My wife deserves to see vagina. And they were like, sir, this is an Applebee's. Uh, so we went to Palomino, uh, man, by the way, of course, you know, Vegas, there's a cover and everything. It was, I don't go a lot of places where you're like 130 bucks in before you walk through the door of the entrance, but it was like, it was like 66, the cover charge was 66 a person. And that came with two drink vouchers each, but I'm like, you know. 66 a person. I better come with two orgasms each, which is probably more money in a separate room, but we didn't get there. And I have never, uh, I would recommend anyone go to a strip club with a woman. Uh, preferably one you know. <laughs> because, man, are they treated differently at the old uh, strip club. Like, you know, they come by and hit you up for uh, lap dances. It was actually very funny because I think, I mean, she was joking about it too, my wife, but it's like, she was kind of like really buying in that, they, that the strippers actually liked us. Because, you know how women talk, it's always like, I like your earrings, where are you from, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's a level of... Uh, female small talk that most men don't get to and that still happens at the strip club so we'd be chatting away and then you know my wife would be like she seems nice I'm like she wants a lap to, she wants us to pay for a lap dance but they would come over and like hey let us know if you want a private dance and then like like this one of them just started jiggling my wife's tits I'm like, hey, Dakota, I have tits. 
Why not me? They were being a lot nicer uh, to my wife than they were to the dudes they saw. Anyway, that was really fun. Uh, that was really fun at the strip club. And it was the best $15 Michelob Ultra I've ever had. Strip clubs are, like, uh, gross in one way. Because it's so, it's, uh, well, the clientele kind of makes it gross, you know. same feeling you get when you're at Walmart too late at night watching a family in their pajamas and you want to judge them but you're like I'm here too same with a strip club you're like look at these fucking animals oh I am I'm here I am also an animal so in one way it's and the whole thing is fake it's like they're trying to be nice, so you give them money. So it's it's in in one way it's kind of gross and insincere and fake, and in the other way it's the most honest thing in the world. If you give me money, I will let you look at me naked. It's the purest transaction there is. There's no like. Tell me, where are you from? Tell me about your family. Uh, what do you do for a living? Do you have any siblings? There's no pretense of politeness or getting to know someone. Give me money. And I'll let you see me naked. Give me a little more money and I'll rub my naked on your clothed body. Anyway, next time my wife comes, uh, we're going to a brothel. Not really. <laughs> if I flinched at the $120, $130 at the door, I think the brothel is <laughs> going to hurt a little more. I'm cheaper than I am horny. All right, I'm almost to uh, Kaiser Permanente Puyallup. But I wanted to make a correction from my last episode. You guys listen to me for my scientific knowledge. Uh, last week I was talking about how the miracle that the poop water that we flush from our toilet eventually becomes drinkable water again and that okay I went on a tour of the waste treatment plant in Olympia Washington on the field trip and I'm not wrong that that can happen but it doesn't most places they could add an extra couple of uh, it does be they clean it up and shoot it back into the Puget Sound where I live out in the water or some of it becomes like recycled water there are places with like water, more water shortages where they clean it an extra couple of additional things and it does become drinkable water again. So 
the miracle does exist, but most places don't have to do that. Your shit doesn't turn into tap water again. I mean, maybe they clean it up, put it back in the bay or the ocean, and that eventually becomes your tap water. But anyway, I misspoke a little bit, and I'm sorry. If you've been drinking out of the toilet because I told you it was okay, I'm sorry. I was misinformed. I got confused on the last field trip. Also on that field trip, it was very funny because... You know, part of the job is they have to clean anything you flush. They gotta like clean clean it out at some point, some part of the process. And I guess flushable wipes are not really flushable because they they showed video and pictures of we didn't actually see the process, but they basically have to rake out these huge snarled piles of flushable wipes because they don't really decompose or anything. And so they're like, hey, if you're gonna use flushable wipes, don't flush them, you gotta throw them away. And I watched the video and I saw the gross evidence of what happens to those flushable wipes and I was still like, nah, I'm gonna flush them. (laughs) I'm sorry. One, I can't go back to a world where I don't use wet wipes for my ass. I mean, if I had a bidet, maybe not, but I don't. For a while, we ran the garden hose into our bathroom through the window, but that turned out to be less effective than we thought it would be. So I'm sorry if you work in waste treatment, management, wastewater treatment, whatever. But I'm going to keep flushing the flushable wipes. I'm sorry. But I've got an ass to maintain. Just like you've got water quality to maintain. All right, we're going to call that a podcast. Thanks for listening. Super shout out to uh, those of you who give me $5 a month uh, to listen to this. You're good people. I'm going to take that money and buy flushable wipes. Bye.